to the Moms on Maternity YouTube show and podcast. I'm Amy Cruz, and today we have on Liz Moritz. She is the author of a new book called Brody Monster, all about kind of mental health as a, as a mom and dog owner, um, and has a really interesting story from leaving a, a big-time role in corporate America to a stay-at-home mom to an author and continuing her journey as an author. So thanks for joining us, Liz. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So uh, when did you decide it was time to leave corporate management? <laughs> um, I, I actually really enjoyed uh, working in a corporate setting. So it was a tough decision. Um, it was after I started writing this book, actually. Okay. And I, had, um, I was actually a year and a half into writing the book. And I went back to work uh, after maternity leave. And I was kind of in the final stages of battling postpartum anxiety. And I would come home every night and just cry, <laughs> like bathing my daughter, I would just cry. And I you know, ultimately decided that this would be a small blip on the, on the radar of life. And um, in 2017, um, almost exactly four years ago, I decided to leave corporate America. So <laughs> your daughter was one and a half or one? She was, um, she was just seven months old. She was how old? Seven months? She was seven months old. Yes. So I had gotten an extended maternity leave. My company was being extremely understanding and gracious. I went back for, I think, eight weeks. And then I decided that I was going to stay home for, for a while. <laughs> um, and, and so you were already writing the book then while you were, when did you start writing the book? Was it before you were pregnant or while you were pregnant? Yes. So. Um, this book is a perfect example of um, morphing projects, morphing as you go through life experiences. I started writing this book as I was, it was going to be like a funny book about all of Brody's medical mishaps. I started writing it in 2015. I was not even pregnant yet. <laughs> I was not planning on it being about uh, anxiety or mental health or anything like that, but it, it evolved as I was writing it. That is funny. So tell us about Brody. Um, so Brody is a wire-haired fox terrier, and um, for anyone who's you know familiar with dogs, they know that terriers are kind of the uh, the troublesome breeds. <laughs> in a very, I say that in a very affectionate way, but they are they are the breeds for people who want a challenge. <laughs> and Brody, um, he came from uh, at least his dad was um, a fairly well-known dog in the show circuit. Um, so he had some, uh, he had some like show dog potential and, um, I was interested in potentially showing him and, uh, shortly after bringing him home, we, uh, we realized he could not be a show dog, but he's fun. He keeps us on our toes and, uh, yeah, I'm probably like 15 to 20 pounds lighter because I own him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what, how did he inspire the, kind of journey through your, is it your mental health or mental health more broadly? Yeah, it's, you know, he inspired my health journey because I was bound and determined to help him through his health journey. So he experienced in the book, a, a number of different things from um, more behavioral issues, which kind of stem from um, some, some gut health issues, which anyone who's like, you know, familiar with your microbiome, he kind of, he was having trouble uh, digesting his food and like, you know, 
managing anxiety. So after dealing with that for a few years, I realized like I might have kind of a similar challenge going on with my own health. And um, I think as, as, we're, as we're learning more and more, as we hear more about medicine and just overall holistic health, we're realizing that mental health and physical health kind of go hand in hand. And uh, so not only did I use uh, some of the same techniques uh, that we use with Brody to uh, um, improve his health, but I use them, I use them to improve my own health as well. So just changing my diet, being mindful of when I'm eating. Um, and you know, it just, it, there's a, a ton of, a ton of um, gained knowledge from going through that experience with him that I, that I used for myself. That's awesome. What do you think had a bigger impact, your actual change in your diet or being more mindful of kind of the frequency and portions or all of that? That's a good question. I mean, I think one without the other, when when you pair the two together, they're exponentially more uh, impactful to your health. So I think it's, it's been more of a layering kind of effect. So I started out, um, I started out changing uh, Brody from, uh, you know, a diet where he had some grain in his food to a grain-free diet. And I know that that can be controversial in the pet industry, but I also think based on what we were dealing with, with his anxiety and um, some of his allergies, he was having, you know, really, really bad uh, skin allergies Um, and in dogs, those can be digested. Those are usually related to digestion. so it started off with the layering of like, we changed diet, he changed his diet. I was like, oh, maybe I should, you know, look at reducing gluten, grain in my own diet. Um, and then that didn't immediately have the desired impact. So um, we took Brody just, actually this was just kind of recently, we took Brody down to like one, um, one meal a day. So he kind of does like intermittent fasting. He has like 23 hours between feeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we took him down to one meal a day and that gives his system. So he eats more food, uh, than he did at his you do you know, that yourself? Meal. I do. Yeah. I, I do intermittent fasting. So, How often? <laughs> um, so I, uh, this was one where I actually started and then applied it to Brody. I, uh, work out like usually four to five days a week. Mm-hmm. And on the days that I don't work out immediately in the morning, I will do, um, I'll do a fast through the morning. And so I'll just reduce the window of time in which I eat in a 24 hour period on days where I don't have a workout. I just try to go as long as I can, um, with just juice, like juicing, like celery juice, not like orange juice, <laughs> green wow, juice. I need to do this. Yeah, bone I broth. basically eat all day. I snack way too much. That sounds I, yeah, it's, it's tough, especially with kids. Um, cause my kids always want to snack and I'm like, here's some pretzels. Oh, I'll have a few. Also. Oh my gosh. Right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, so the book, when did it actually finish? So, um, the published book came out, um, April of this year. So just, just a month ago. And, uh, and, who, and yeah. tell us again, what, um, the book's about and who did you kind of, who's the intended reader? Oh gosh. Um, so the, I think the, the reader that would get the most out of it or could relate to it the most is probably, um, someone who has, 
had children who has gone through some of those maternal um, challenges. Uh, I think it's also great for someone who's expecting a baby and possibly has a dog in their house. So um, it's, it's a story that really for, for anyone that has had a dog or has had a child or is expecting a child, we'll, we'll get something out of. But if you've already been through that experience, it's very, very relatable. When you said there's some pretty awesome tips in there for how to handle having a barking dog and a sleeping baby, what were some of them? <laughs> okay, well, so the tips are not actually in the book because okay. um, it's more of a narrative, but um, the there's a moment in the book, it's kind of where I realized that I had something going on with me mentally um, where the it was like the mailman rings the doorbell and he woke he woke up, uh, Brody's barking woke up my daughter that I had just gotten to go to sleep and she wasn't feeding well. And um, so I have all kinds of uh, dog proofing tips for anyone that has a new baby in the house and they make doorbell covers. And I have a sign out that I just leave out all the time. Um, you can do a ton of different stuff. We have, Brody is actually on a schedule now. And I think a lot of people do think about putting, you know, you think about when you have, when you have a newborn, you're like, oh, they're on a schedule. They're on the, you know, eat awake, sleep, you cycle. Brody was actually kind of on that cycle with my second um, with us. So he, we were very careful to stick to the schedule and Brody kind of knew when we were going to be quiet and when we were going I to, think, you, know, you got him around. to like, no, not to bark at certain times. Yeah. So I would create him. I would create him when the baby was sleeping and put a towel over his crate. So Brody, this is going to be different for every dog. So you kind of, it's, it's hard to say, you know, these are things you can try. They might not work for your dog, but Brody has a very, very intact den instinct. He loves his crate. Mm -hmm. So the crate isn't a punishment for him. It's kind of a reward. Um, And he sleeps in his crate. (laughs) Yeah, he's crated. And And we actually don't even shut the door anymore. Wow, <laughs> he just he just goes in there at like 8.30. He's like, I'm done guys, like have a nice evening. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more like that aha moment you had where like, it's just like the doorbell rings, just got baby down, dog's barking and like, and you're like, okay, I have a problem. Like what, mm-hmm. like, what did you, how, how, did, how does that moment like make you realize I have a mental problem I need to heal or overcome? And, and how did you, do you, feel like you've been able to heal it and overcome it? Like what's the journey most, if someone has a similar moment in their life or like, whoa, like something's maybe wrong with me. Like, how do you get through that? Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy thing for, I think a lot of moms to talk about, but we've all snapped, right? Like we've all screamed, (laughs) we've all screamed. We've all said something and then like looked out the window to see if the neighbors heard that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this was like one of those moments. Um, the doorbell rang. Uh, he woke, he woke up my daughter and I literally like mad charged toward, and this is a dog that I love dearly, like with all my heart, I mad charged toward him and threw him about seven feet across the room. I like, I'm not kidding. (laughs) It was, it was one of those moments where, you know, something's wrong with you because nothing nothing deserves that kind of reaction. Um, and I just, I, he, he didn't come near me for three days. 
after well, that happened. I mean, thanks for sharing that. That's really awesome. Yeah. I know. Honestly, I think we've all had those moments and yeah. um, no, definitely. we need to hear yeah. that from other moms. <laughs> so, we mess up. So how'd you go from, how did, what happened from there? How did you get through thinking through like, whoa, what's wrong with me? You're like, it took a long time. So right after that happened, I sat down on the couch. Um, my daughter was like crying in her mama room and uh, Brody was like hovering, you know, watching me, but like really far away from me. And I just kind of sat there and I like from across the room, I was just like, I'm sorry, buddy, I'm sorry. And um, it took him three days to come near me again. Um, but just, just like you would do with your children. And, you know, I just, once he came near me, again I just kind of sat down with him and I think he knew I was sorry and I think he knew that I was taking ownership for it and I know that sounds crazy but you know dogs do pick up on our emotions and he he forgave me I think yeah. <laughs> unconditional love yes yes <laughs> and then you know I that was a great lesson for me I'm fortunate that I had that kind of reaction with Brody and not with one of my children. Yeah. Um, and it was a great lesson for me on like controlling my emotions and my physical reaction. And, um, you know, I can't say that I haven't lashed out or yelled uh, since then, but you kind of have this roadmap for uh, how to handle that when it does happen. Well, what is the roadmap? Um, so I'm still working on mine. Yeah. It gets better every time. Like it's not, it's not to the point where I could say like, this is it. This is, this is definitely what works, but I do find that just kind of inhaling, counting to 10, <laughs> um, all those things that we're told to do, but don't, you know, in the heat of the moment, I think you get better at it with practice. Um, yeah. and hopefully you don't have to practice it that much, but you do get better with practice. And does your so, book kind of go yeah. into that? That's kind of, is that what the book kind of talks about some of the stuff or no? The, it's more- The book is more, yeah, the book mm -hmm. is actually more pre-child. It's more, and this is why I say anyone that's expecting a baby, um, it's a really valuable book for them because I, uh, I don't want to say that I came from a family that um, kind of ignored mental illness. We, mental illness is in my family history um, so it's something that I should have been more in tune to. Um, and I clearly had signs in the course of um, sort of bringing up Brody, if you will. I, I clearly had signs of anxiety. So the whole book kind of um, outlines all of the medical experiences that we have with Brody, my reaction to those. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone could look at it in hindsight and say, oh my goodness, this girl's like, this girl is just a basket case of anxiety. Like, why isn't she getting help? Why isn't she seeing a therapist or a counselor never dawned on me, like never dawned on me until that, that moment that I described with, you know, Brody in the room. And I think it's a valuable story for someone who uh, is, you know, looking to start a family because they can see some of those signs and oh my gosh, they can be aware of them. So well said, because that truly is the time in your life where I feel like your anxiety is heightened. Really great point on that. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you can identify that before the baby comes, you can have your, you can have your plan of, you know, you can have your, your uh, plan all set in place. You can have a, a therapist on call and you can let your um, OBGYN or your midwife know, like, this could be a thing. So just help me watch for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you um are now, this is your first book, right? Yes. Okay. Are you working on another one? I mean, you just published it last month, finished? Hit the press? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So you're probably not already working on another one, right? <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of authors are always working on multiple books at the same time, but they're all in your head. So um, I do have a, a book idea for my next book, and I'm kind of keeping my eyes open for you know opportunities to develop that. But I probably will not start actually writing the book until about this time next year. Cool. What um, really loved your? I went to your website beautiful site um and just right off the bat this I felt honest phase and this idea of kind of being vulnerable um in is really powerful so tell us about what you you know what you mean by that and do you feel like that is what is going on with other authors like is what we're reading out there really just based human based sicknesses um so I I can't speak as much to the author community because um, I haven't been a part of that community for a terribly long time, but I do have a journalism background. And, um, and so I have like formal training in journalism. I went to the you know, University of Missouri School of Journalism. And um, I can say that I read a lot. I, I read a lot of news um, and it leaves me with a lot of questions. And I just, I feel like, um, there are a lot of holes left for readers um, to misinterpret or interpret things their own way in the news. And that's why I actually chose authorship as my medium of writing versus uh, shorter form journalism or even investigative journalism. Um, I respect those fields a lot. I think it's really, really hard. I think, the journal I think those journalists have a hard job to do in covering the issues that they're covering in, you know, 500, 1,000, 1,500 words. And, and a deadline, I'm sure. Yeah, so yeah, honesty, I think, comes with context. And I think in order to provide a lot of context, um, you need a, a longer form medium. And so that's kind of where that came from. So, wow, I caught, that was so well said. I wanna like unpack <laughs> that. So you read a lot of news. What, what, do, you, what do you read, which sites or what? what all over. Um, so I, I try to I try to get news from various different sources with various political leanings. Um, so New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I read local news sources. I we actually have some great um, kind of neighborhood publications here in St. Louis that I love. So we have like the West End Journal, which is kind of delivered to my house. So I try to cover all geographic regions, um, all political affiliations. I also love NPR. Like NPR is my favorite. And, and you said you, you thought there was an element of honesty missing from what you read. Is that true? I think so. You know, you know how they say, um, you know, like it's more omission. Mm, so omission. it's hard. It's, it's more the omissions that occur when you only have a short amount of space. Um, to tell the story. And so then you have to pick the really important pieces of that story. And then journalism's a business too. So you have to pick the pieces of the story that are gonna make readers wanna click on that link or, or read that page. And um, books are a little bit different. Uh, I think you can tell a more complete story with a book, wow. even if it's fiction. I think you can dive into political issues and cultural issues with a book. Um, so it's it's. I'm not really saying that was it, I mean, was it hard intentionally to write? dishonest? Yeah. <laughs> was it was it hard to write? How many pages is the book? Um, the book is just a little over two hundred pages. And it, I mean, it took you five years to finish. Really <laughs> get it. I mean, yes. is that something? Do you feel like your next book would take that long? I mean, 
do you feel is writing a book really hard because it sounds really hard so I was I was really concerned uh when I was nearing the end of the process on this book that the next books would take me that long and as I listened to other author interviews on podcasts and stuff like that a lot of um I, I specifically sought out like, like young women authors who uh had written multiple books like they're on oh. book number 10 and Amazing. they everybody said their first book took them five or six years because they had little kids wow. and they were transitioning out of the workforce and they were trying to make this a viable career so um my my intention is not to ever take this long to write a book again but i allowed myself that time um because there's a huge learning curve there's a huge That's learning cool. curve. And, and then the honest part of Brody Monster, like what is the kind of the honest part is just because it's a narrative around your journey with Brody's health issues. That's where you come up with your kind of honest. So um, to, to dive into some of the specifics of the book, I think, I think it comes out a little bit more if you read it. Um, there, the honest part is that uh, I think, I think I get to this point where with Brody, I felt um, there's this theme of we have a cultural propensity to kind of treat our dogs as humans, and we this is this has changed a lot over the last fifty years. And um, the the overarching theme is we can have a we can have a really healthy, really appropriate relationship with our dogs, but as mothers, we also have to give ourselves the grace of knowing like they're dogs and they, you know, they don't require um, all of the things that we give our children. So I think the honest part is saying like, yes, this dog is a, an important part of my life. We've helped each other through some really difficult times. Um, but at the end of the day, I give myself permission to, to realize that he is a dog and that's, and I crate him. And I train him and I, and I treat him with herd mentality. We're dealing with, um, did you not crate him yeah. until after you had your baby? <laughs> What's that? Is the crating a new thing because you had the baby? Like, were you not crating before that? Creating the book or crating, crate. Oh, crating, crating. No, um, we actually, we always, we always created him. Um, okay. and that was because I had a dog growing up that was not crated and at the end of his life we had to crate him and I honestly think he was just destroyed by that <laughs> so I was like so I just want this to be his room we'll yeah. make it comfy <laughs> so but I mean so how, how old is Brody yeah. right now Brody is eight and a half years old how and old he acts like kids? he is a year old oh. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and do they get along with him so our four-year-old um she she's a lot more comfortable with him than our two-year-old is yeah. um but our two-year-old gets along with him they have a pact um Brody gets to eat the food out of um James's hand and James gives it to him and he gets the pleasure of like getting Aww, to like so let Brody lick his hand so they get along really well at mealtime <laughs> you miss anything about corporate America um that's a, that's a question I've tried not to think about a lot. So, um, I do, I, I, I got a lot of, I, I, I felt a lot of personal worth from being in corporate America. And so it's been a journey for me to 
uh, find that same magnitude of worth as a mother um, and someone who is um, not earning the income that I earned previously. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like saying, do you miss that friend that just moved across town? I feel like it's still there. I can go, you know, I can go have lunch with it whenever I want. (laughs) And if I, and I, and I do feel like our culture is changing that if I um, decided at any point in time, I wanted to re-enter the workforce, I don't think we have the same challenges that, you know, Mm -hmm. our, our mothers and previous generations have where they weren't interested. Incredibly well said. Yeah. Um, Do you feel, I mean, writing is a very, you're, I mean, kind of by yourself to write. You don't, you're not around other people. What's your approach? Do you have a certain location you go to write in? Do you change your location? For me, it's a lot less about the location. And uh, so I have a project management background. Okay. And so it's a lot less about the location and it's more about the time block. Mm-hmm. So um, it's more of a it's more of a temporal location. So I do best writing when I've got at least a five or six hour chunk of time. I know some authors say that they have a full-time job and they write between the hours of like nine and 11 at night. And that would not work for me. Wow. Yeah. I'm not so, sure. yeah. So it's more about you, having that when block. When you find your five to six hour blocks? Well, it takes a lot of planning. So I'll have like childcare lined up. And um, I usually, we have a nanny that comes two days a week. And uh, yeah, that's when I like go to the doctor and do my writing. And that's like, you know, errand running and writing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? So um, I have a website. It's lizmerits.com, L-I-Z-M-A-R-I-T-Z. Yep, lizmerits.com. And I'm on Instagram, Liz, at Liz Merits. And I'm also on Facebook. Those are the best places to find me. And spell your last name one more time. M-A-R-I-T-Z. Awesome. Um. Thank you so much. I just want to say, you know who you totally remind me of? Um, what's the girl's name? The actress. She was like in the singing movies and in that movie with George. Oh gosh, is it Anna Kendrick? Yes. I'm like, you like. I get that all the time. You're like, I like. I'm like, thank Anna you. Kendrick. I think she's gorgeous. She is gorgeous, <laughs> but you totally remind me of her. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. So funny. Yes. Yeah, that you is get that the all the time. Yeah. I do get that. I mean, That's yeah. probably the fifth or sixth time I've heard that. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We'll go ahead and get this edited and published and um, let's definitely stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Have yeah. a good one. Okay, you too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. For more, please visit www.mamthematernity.com.